0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to the Roy Green show ad free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Scott Newark joins us, former Crown prosecutor, was also vice chair of the Ontario Office for Victims of Crime and executive officer of the Canadian Police Association. Scott, when victims speak, we must listen, and we've insisted on that for decades and we've gotten a lot of things done. So this is a case where people feel tremendous empathy for the victims, but there will also be many people who are gun owners who will say, no, I will not agree that my handgun or my restricted weapon should not be available and not be legal as long as I pass the required tests and and circumstances in Canada. What do you say?
1: Well, uh, first of all, I think, um, you know, congratulations to the victims' families for Um, speaking out and expressing their views. And and the focus um, is about how we might be able to change circumstances to prevent, you know, something like this happening in the future. And so, you know, that's the basic model that that you were describing in the introduction to this that have been followed over the years, whether it's, you know, correction cases, repeat offenders, things like that. It's worth listening to and looking at and considering. um, But I think there is a legitimate issue about whether or not what they're recommending is, in fact, the most effective way to try to keep guns out of the hands of the individuals who are committing crimes. That's a legitimate question.
0: It is a legitimate question because, as we know, many guns, most guns that are used in crimes, uh, arrive from the United States.
1: Well, Roy, I think that's part of the uh, the issue. Is uh, I, I don't think that that is by any means uh, as clear as you might think. Um, And that's one of the things that I would suggest absolutely needs to be done. A friend of mine who was an inspector with the RCMP out in British Columbia, uh, he was part of the weapons enforcement uh, surveillance team, and he actually did the analysis of what was necessary to determine that, um, and it worked in British Columbia. Uh, It was sent to uh, RCMP headquarters, the Canadian Firearms Centre, and they just simply never adopted it. Uh, And as you may have seen in the news actually last week, uh, there are concerns being expressed that the RCMP forensic people who who do the firearms analysis, apparently because of a lack of money, they're no longer doing those kinds of checks to try to determine the origins of the weapons. You're absolutely correct, however, that there is a combination. I think there's three. One, you know, or that we just don't know where they came from. The second is that they are domestically sourced, whether it is that they're straw purchases, in other words, done fraudulently, or they're actually stolen from lawful owners, which raises questions about how the bad guys knew where to go looking. And the third is a legitimate issue is that they're smuggled in from the United States, including between ports of entry, because the bad guys have figured out that we're doing a better job of actually detecting it at the ports of entry. And all three of those areas absolutely need to be examined to see if there are improvements that we can make to keep guns out of the hands of people who are uh, criminals, gang members, uh, you know, inclined to uh, using them for the wrong purposes. I personally, and as you will recall, I'm sure from my days at the Canadian Police Association, I was very much involved uh, in the, uh, the work that led to the long gun registry. I supported it then, and I hope you're shutting down, Roy. I still do today. I think the nature of what it is that guns are are such that it creates a public uh, interest and legitimate public issues. But there's a lot of details that need to be looked at. Um, and I think that simply uh, banning the sale of uh, handguns uh, or uh, you know, what are described as military uh, assault weapons um, I don't think that is likely the most effective way of reducing the amount of guns. Scott,
0: are- I got into a conversation with a police officer uh, who was involved with the uh, the gun registry, and I can't remember whether it was a provincial police officer a number of years ago yeah. or a federal cop, an RCMP officer. But the point I made to him was there's obviously a clientele in this country for firearms, for restricted firearms, for handguns. There's a clientele. Otherwise, they wouldn't be coming over the border, or they wouldn't be being stole, stolen for, for crime. You know there's a clientele. Go after the clientele. Yes. You know who they are. Make their life difficult.
1: Well, and we used to do that. In cities like uh, Toronto and in uh, Ottawa, there were very effective um, groups, police groups that were targeting um street gangs, in particular in uh, in immigrant communities. So wait, hold
0: it. We have, we have a minute here. So you ta- are, uh, do I hear you saying repeatedly, we used to be more efficient and effective, and again, thank you to the families for stepping forward, always when families step forward, and there was official silence on the Danforth shooting for far too long.
1: Which is something that is equally important. We need to get the truth about what exactly happened.
0: Yeah, but are you saying that we were better at this than we are now, and is there no interest in becoming better again?
1: In my experience yes we did a better job i think we've become more politically correct and have put uh, you know blindfolds on our uh, law enforcement in doing this i don't think we're asking the right questions the way that we should be uh, previously including about the security of databases Um, And I think that needs to be the focus rather than simply – and you're hearing this from me, who, as you know, I'm anything but a gunny. I have frequently said I think only police and the military should have guns. But I think it would be a better result than if we simply put more rules on lawful firearms owners.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Tomorrow you'll be back, and one of the things we'll talk about is – What's been decided about this individual who left this country to join ISIS?
1: Yeah, make sure you're sitting down when you hear this one, folks, and the case about a judge ruling in B.C., because your heads are going to explode.
0: Talk to you tomorrow, Scott. Thanks. Bye-bye. Scott Newark. We'll come right back. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green.